Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Welcome to another live episode of the Wisco Fanatic Show, where we discuss the Packers, Bucks, Brewers, Badgers football, and basketball from an optimistic perspective. Wisco Fanatics is brought to you by Cardboard Legacy, Wisconsin's most complete sports card shop. Buy, sell, grade, and consign all at their location in Oshkosh. Welcome back. Another Wisco Fanatics Friday. We have Mike Spofford with us again. Wasn't the plan originally, but we are always happy to have Mike back. We appreciate him jumping on with us anytime he's available. So excited to have Mike back. Mike, just real quick off the rip, what was your impressions of the game on Sunday? Well, I mean, the Packers took care of business. They, uh, you know, they did what they needed to do, got the win to get themselves into the playoffs. Quite frankly, I thought they dominated the Chicago Bears in every facet except the scoreboard. I mean, the the fact that uh, the fact that, that game was 14 to nine at one point in the fourth quarter, it was a little precarious because uh, Green Bay was in complete control of the game, but they put themselves in a position where one, you know, freaky, fluky play or something could have, uh, you know, could have really changed the complexion of things. Fortunately, that did not happen. Um, they got the job done and uh, and looking forward to bigger and better things. But I thought other than leaving a lot of points out there, I thought it was a pretty darn impressive performance. Yeah, Jumped kind right of on the thing that we planned on asking you about. <laughs> kind of going off of what you just said there, um, how impressive were those two throws by Jordan that didn't end up in touchdowns? The one uh, like those if those are catches, those are probably two of his top five throws on the season. Right. That's what I thought anyway. Yeah, I mean, the, certainly the one to Dobbs, the one to Dobbs in the first quarter was was a phenomenal throw, and Romeo almost made a great catch on it. Good, good defensive play by the Bears to get the ball out of there. You got to give them credit too, but that that was a heck of a throw. The one, the one toward the end of the first half, I you know I questioned the decision a little bit there because uh, um, because the Bears did have multiple defenders in that area. But that being said, he put it into a spot that uh, um, you know that was uh, uh, pretty impressive the way he laid that in there and gave uh, gave Heath a chance to 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 make that play. So uh, I mean Jordan Jordan Love is. Uh, you know, he's as much at the peak of his powers right now as uh, as we've seen him all season long. And uh, and hopefully for the Packers, that continues on Sunday in Dallas. Yeah, I don't know what a catch is anymore either. So uh, <laughs> I feel like that's been called a catch. And then there was, you know, the previous game in Minnesota, we had a catch where I was like, was that a catch with a, I think that was a Dobbs catch. I was like, this is wild. What do you think about the one to Bo Melton? Oh, the Melton in the, uh, by the, by the, uh, by the goalposts there. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was, uh, that was a, that was a heck of a throw. And uh, <laughs> yeah, unfortunately that, uh, unfortunately that wasn't a touchdown and, yeah. and uh, you know, they, they, uh, that, that was one of the weirdest sequences I've ever seen. They call it incomplete. Then they change their mind. It almost sounds like it was coming from New York that they changed their mind and call it a touchdown but then it's automatically reviewed because it's right. a touchdown. And then New York says, no, it's incomplete. Like, 
that was just that was kind of bizarre to me um that's one of those things where it's almost like the like with the fumble rule that it's one of those things that they should just let play out because then it automatically has to be reviewed yeah so like with the with the touchdown no touchdown thing if they just call it a touchdown it has to be reviewed anyways yeah and i i think that's kind of that's kind of ultimately what they did there um which uh which you know more and more i think we're seeing that i think one of the flaws to that though unfortunately and we've seen it happen we've seen the way it kind of plays out you know in certain situations is that they they still give the you know the precedence or the priority to the call on the field so just to say oh call it a touchdown and make sure it's reviewed you know, not that simple because because that call on the field is going to get priority in the review system. If the if the language of the review system is changed to where they just say, hey, if it goes to review, they're going to call what they see and the call in the field doesn't really matter. Then, you know, then, yeah, fine. Then call it a touchdown or call it a fumble or, you know, let everything play out and let review fix things. You know, that's fine. But if yep. you're still going to give precedence to the call on the field, the officials on the field have to call what they believe they see. I mean, that that's that's their task right now, the way the rules are written. Wouldn't be mad at that, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I thought yeah. I, I thought it was interesting that they overturned it too, because I was like, well, he pinned it, but he pinned it for like a half a second and then it just moves a tiny bit. So I wasn't sure what you know they were gonna come back with. And I thought exactly what you're saying, Mike, that since they called it. Uh, catch ultimately that they're going to turn back, come back and say that it stands. But I wasn't surprised that uh, they called it a catch. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was a strange sequence. And I, and I think there, you know, there's a lot of questions as to, you know, the fact that the DJ Moore catch on third down was, you know, confirmed as a catch, but then the Bo Melton one on the back of the end zone was not, there seemed, you know, it was, it was, it was hard to, in some ways it seemed hard to justify that those two calls ended up different. Um, it seemed like yeah. those should have either been both incomplete or both complete, but, um, you know, it's just, it's, it's one of those things, uh, you know, all the, uh, splitting hairs, so to speak, with regard to that frame by frame stuff. Yeah. Well, I thought that, uh, some of the angles they showed on some of the catches were kind of silly in my opinion. You know, you know, they always say, this is the angle that the ref is showing when they show it at Lambeau field. And it's like, you're showing an angle where a guy is literally in the way where they're looking. What, what are we doing? Here? <laughs> I don't understand that at all. I and thank you for the tickets again, by the way. Those are great seats. Um, hey, I'm glad you were able to. Uh, glad you were able to use them and uh, and have a good day. I hope. Yeah, we had a great time. Uh, the people in front of us were really nice, letting my son stand on the on the bleacher where they were supposed to be sitting because everybody was standing in our section. Uh, the gentleman who like usually sits next to your your wife, I believe it is, he said. Uh, he was really, really awesome, and we, we kept shaking our heads at all the calls, and uh, the refs weren't really, you know, keeping control of all the, the fighting that was happening in the game, I thought. I thought they could have probably, you know, blew a couple more whistles and been like, yo, you guys got to settle down, because I thought the Bears were being a little over-aggressive, uh, yeah. kind of for lack of talent, in my opinion, but... <laughs> Yeah, there were there there were definitely a lot of uh, a lot of extracurriculars going on in that game, and it seemed to yeah. it seemed to start kind of early too. It wasn't uh, you know it kind of got chippy there uh, mm-hmm. in the early stages, and then uh, and then I think honestly, even though the score never got out of hand, but I mean the Packers were the Packers were in such control of that game and dominating things. I think the you know I think the Bears were just uh, you know the Bears kind of knew that uh, it wasn't going to be their day. Yeah. <laughs> So Christopher asked a really good question in the comments. He asked, what are your thoughts on the no first down call when the chain was not near the ball? 
So I'm thinking he's talking about the fourth and one on Justin Fields where they ended up calling it a first down and it didn't look like he got near the marker. And even when they brought the chains out, it still looked like it was short and they gave him the first down anyways. Thoughts? Yeah. Yeah, I, I have to I have to admit, like with uh, with the live blogging that I was doing during the game, I never actually got a good look at the TV when they were when they were bringing out the chains and and like how close that was. I wasn't really sure. What I did see before that was uh, I I certainly didn't see um, you know a, a definitive look that he that he got the first down there. I thought the Packers had that stacked up. Mm-hmm. pretty well and uh and i didn't i didn't see a whole lot of movement there that would have shown any kind of gained yardage but uh um you know it's 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 one of those things i know i, I think i was asked or at least i saw some questions in the insider inbox this week people asking like you know why um you know why lafleur didn't challenge that or whatever and and uh you know i i don't know i think i think think actually the way the rule is written now like on a, those fourth down plays are automatically reviewed so um but even if even if that weren't the case um even if that down. weren't the case I, I don't know if there, there would be anything definitive to actually change the call um you know in terms of uh in terms of trying to challenge that but i i didn't i didn't see anything that looked like gained yardage to me and i thought the packers were going to get uh we're going to get the football there but i actually didn't see the whole thing with the chain and and you know where it was you know uh it looked when i was looking at the field it looked like the the packer players initially you know started celebrating like they were going to get the ball and then all of a sudden the referee signaled first down the other way and so it, it all just seemed kind of weird how that went down. They brought the chains out. It looked like he was like a solid like three to five inches short. I, I thought he was short too, to be completely honest with you. But they didn't put the chain very close to the ball. And that yeah. can, you know, I don't not get to get in geometry, but if you, you know, if you, it's going to be a little bit fur, like further ahead if you put it close enough to the ball. Like I was just like, what are they doing? Did you use the Pythagorean theorem to figure that out? <laughs> exactly, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The TV didn't really give you a good view on it yeah. either. Cause I thought he was short and, but yeah. I don't know. But spe- speaking of like the run defense, like the, this, this run defense has been almost a 180 from what we first saw in the last month. They've let me bring up the stat ahead. It, it's like, it's crazy. They've had in run defense 93 carries for 337 yards for 3.62 yards per clip. Yeah. What 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 do you think's changed in the last month that's kind of brought that number well below NFL average? Well, I mean, I, I'll I mean, I would say uh, up until the Bears game, I mean, the, the Bears definitely had a you know a, a pretty strong running offense that you know rushing offense had been ranked pretty high in the league. Before that, I, you know, after the Giants game when, you know, things were so terrible against the run, I don't, it didn't seem like the Packers were playing teams that really ran the ball very well anyway. But, um, but I just, you know, to me, the, the, the run defense has been, has been all about the discipline. You know, when, when you look at the games that, when you look at the games where things have gone south with the run defense, the Giants game, the Pittsburgh game, um, the uh, you know obviously the Lions game early in the season and and the Falcons game also early in the season, it, it it's it's a discipline issue either with either with regard to uh, guys setting the edge on the outside runs or the second level guys filling the right gap as opposed to 
you know, trying to trying to make a play of where they think the play is going as opposed to just this is your gap, do your job, you fill your gap because somebody else has another gap to fill. And when they've lost that, when they've lost that discipline because a guy's trying to make plays, you know, outside of things, the uh, you know, that's when they've been gashed against the run. And when they play, when they play disciplined run defense, you know, I mean, yeah, there, you know, there are times you're gonna give up a seven, eight, nine yard run or something like that, but they haven't been they haven't been gashed and and those uh you know those runs even of the you know six to eight yard variety aren't all that frequent. And uh um, you know, and the way the the way the NFL is these days, offensive coordinators, play callers, whatever you want to say, they're always gonna be impatient. Um, they're not going to have the patience with the run if they're not getting, you know, if they're not moving the chains consistently, if they're not busting off a 12 or 15 yard run every once in a while. And, uh, and, and, uh, you know, I think the Packers have, have kind of gotten teams out of that commitment to the run because they haven't given up the explosives. It's crazy to me looking, I'm looking at the bears, um, box scores and just looking at their rushing yards over, (laughs) over the second half of the season. Their rushing yards, 156, 133, 183, 118, 142, 88, which was against the Cleveland Browns, and then 250, 192, and then the Packers held them to 75. Yeah. That's a, that's a crazy years. trend. Like, everybody's like, oh, they beat the Bears, big deal. Like, the Bears are a seven-win team. As if the Bears hadn't come in trending in really good directions when their defense – hadn't been giving up much in the running game either outside of the Atlanta game. And the Packers then also continued their trend of putting up a lot of rushing yards, 162, 177, and then 124 against the Bears. So the trends that were, you know, all the Bears were fans were, oh, we're coming in hot. And if this game ends in a tie and these three teams lose, like the Bears could still make the playoffs. And then the Packers, outside of leaving points on the board, really shut all of that down. Yeah, I mean, I th- I thought I thought against the Bears, you know, what I saw was, again, it was it was a disciplined effort, but it was also the when with regard to this with regard to the zone read runs where Fields has the option of you know of pulling the ball and running or or sticking it in the in the belly of of Herbert or Johnson or whoever it was going to be, it it seemed it seemed that whoever it was for the Packers who was assigned to the quarterback was sticking to his job and and fields only kept the ball in the zone read like you know once or twice throughout the course of the game he was he was giving the ball to the running back because whoever was assigned to the quarterback was not you know was not crashing too hard was not giving him you know that that running lane and uh um and just the uh the, the discipline there i thought i thought took the bears out of you know, that zone read being, being a true option, you know, where it kind of becomes a 50, 50 thing. It seemed like, um, you know, fields just kept giving the ball, the running back and, uh, and, you know, the guys were filling the gaps and, and, and making the plays there. And, uh, um, and then of course the one time, you know, he did run it and then he got, he got smacked and his head hit the ground and there was the whole pull him out for a play and look at him and all that. And Mm -hmm. so that, uh, you know, even as close as that game was in the fourth quarter, you know, the fact that uh, the fact that, you know, Fields had his head bounce off the ground there. I mean, I think he, you know, understandably got a little gun shy to run the ball and and, uh, you know, but uh, but the Bears just weren't weren't able to use, you know, rushing yards to, you know, to set up the play action and the other plays. I mean, they hit a couple of explosive 
plays down the field or, you know, the shell across to DJ Moore that ruptured for about a 30 yard gain. And then there was the one on the scramble that he hit Cole Komet over the middle when, uh, you know, Savage hit him, but Komet hung onto the ball. Like those were really the only real damaging, uh, you know, plays in the passing game because, uh, you know, the running game for the Bears just wasn't setting up, you know, any kind of a, any kind of a play action and, and opening those throwing lanes. Shout out to Clay Walker on the on the quarterback spying, by the way. Yeah, and he that's pretty much how he got his one sack too. Was um, Fields kind of had to start scrambling, and you see him; he wants to escape, and Quay's just waiting for him to try to get upfield, and he just sacks him. So, yeah. Christopher asked a good question. I think we can move into some questions related to the Cowboys game now because Packers got a playoff game. So Packers get to play the playoffs this year, which is really exciting. Christopher asked another really good question. Do you think Jair Alexander, first of all, is going to play? And if he does, which it seems like he's going to, do you think he'll cover CeeDee Lamb man to man all game? No. I don't think I don't think he'll I don't think it'll be a man to man like all game thing. But if if Alexander is able to play, I would think that there would be a, a, a decent uh, amount of, you know, matching him up on on Lamb and uh, you know, and trying to li- trying to limit him with your best corner. I don't think it, you know, it'd be it'd be every snap, you know, start to finish kind of thing. But if Alexander's ankle is good enough for for him to give it a go, then uh, then I do think I, I think there'll be a fair amount of snaps where he's going to be he's going to be man to man on Lamb, and then we'll see what the what the rest of the coverage plan is besides that. So, um, kind of talking about Jaw too. With um, did you get any kind of sense of more confidence from Christian, especially now that he practiced day two, that he might be ready to go to? I don't know if there's anything a little bit different or. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I, I honestly don't know. Um, you know, it, it seemed like things were trending last week in the direction that Watson might be available on, you know, a limited basis. And then, uh, and then that didn't happen. So, you know, I, I, uh, I honestly don't know, you know, they, they, uh, they just had, you know, they only had a walkthrough practice on Wednesday and, uh, you know, and what we get to see as reporters, um, you know, as far as uh, regular season practices is, is so limited. I mean, we're not really told, you know, when when a guy is like limited on on the injury report listed as a limited participant in practice, you know, yeah. we don't know. Does that mean he took a few snaps of 11 on 11 on a limited basis, or does limited just mean he only did individual drills and didn't do any 11 on 11, you know, and those, you know, those things aren't specified. I mean, if guys are out there even on a limited basis, but taking snaps in the 11 on 11 stuff, that's a pretty good sign that they're going to play or at least have a pretty good chance to play. But, um, but we don't know that stuff. Only the, only the guys in the locker room do. Yeah, we all seen what Christian Watson did to the Cowboys last year. So, I mean, just him being on the field will probably kind of, if he's able to get on the field even in a limited fashion, you got to believe that will change a little bit of what they're trying to do. Um, but but having him and Aaron Jones available, both you know Cowboy killers, uh, would be kind of fun. Yeah, I think I mean if if Watson is available, you know, even just on a limited basis for you know, say maybe he can play fifteen to twenty snaps. I think the interesting thing is then when he is out there, how does the Cowboys defense react? You know, what do, do they, you know, how do they, how do they play it? How do they decide to handle him? And then when you see what the defensive reaction is, then, okay, now that this is what, this is what they're going to do when Watson's out there. So then 
what do the Packers want to run off of that, you know, and, uh, and try to take advantage of something. So that's all part of the, you know, the X's and O's cat and mouse game and, and whatnot. And uh, until we see Watson out there, it's just, it's really hard to say how that's going to evolve. Yeah. I think uh, having a guy like Watson and Musgrave who came back last week, I think that makes the box a lot lighter, you know, for a guy like Aaron Jones. And that just, you know, even if, the Cowboys defense, who has been tremendous all year, obviously they were taking a bunch of pick sixes back. You know, Deron Bland was early in the season. Sure. Uh, hopefully that doesn't happen now. But the lighter boxes just spells good things for Aaron Jones, who absolutely kills an AT&T stadium. So I have a question about CeeDee Lamb, man. And he's he's obviously going to be the main focus, you know, for the defense. And you go back to the Buccaneers game when – the Buccaneers were putting their two guys in the slot and it was kind of killing us, right? I mean, well, not kind of, it was. They were killing us in the slot with Mike Evans and, and Chris Godwin. CD Lamb does a lot of damage from the slot, man. So I, I don't know how how would you defend that if if you were in charge? <laughs> well, I'm not a I'm not an X's and O's expert by any means, but uh <laughs> but I you know I I think uh, I think whether whether you're whether you have Jair Alexander lining up man to man or not, you've got to have you've got to have some kind of some kind of cloud or some kind of safety help on CD Lamb because because where I mean where he just kills you is with is with the big plays down the field and whether that whether that's on a longer throw or on a shorter throw where then he breaks a tackle and 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 gets a bunch of bunch of yards. I mean your best chance against this Cowboys offense, which is really high powered is to, is to limit, you know, the 25, 30, 35 yard plays as much as you can and, and give yourself as many opportunities in terms of, you know, three down series as possible to try to, to try to get that third down stop and get off the field or force a field goal or whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you know, just look at the, uh, you know, that, that uh, Cowboys home game, against the lions, you know, they're backed up on their own goal line. The lions send a blitz. The guy misses the sack and CD lambs in the end zone for a 98 yard touchdown. I mean, you know, that those, those are the kind of mistakes uh, that you just, uh, that you just can't afford against these guys. And uh, you know, hopefully the, hopefully when the, when the Packers have a chance for a sack, you get it. When you have a chance to tackle CD lamb on an underneath route, you got to make that tackle. You can't miss it. Um, You know, that's how you, that's how you avoid the explosive plays. So I had a question kind of on the, the Cowboys last four games. You look at it, they're two and two in their last four games. They've played three playoff teams and the commanders against the three playoff teams. They scored 10, 20 and 20 and allowed 31, 22 and 19. You think there's this one of those situations where like where there's smoke, there's fire. Like do the Cowboys like, do you think they struggle against good teams or is it just, coincidence i mean they i i think you you look at their schedule and the way things have gone i mean obviously they played played the lions at home there at the end but most of the cowboys games against the playoff teams like you're talking about were games that were on the road they weren't playing those games at home um for the most part i think you know bottom line to me is is the teams that have beaten the cowboys have run the ball on them and that has kept that defense on its heels and a defense that is that is predicated on takeaways. You know, the fact that they lost Trevon Diggs, who was the interception leader last year, they lost him partway through the season, was out for the year, and then a guy like Deron Bland steps up with 
nine interceptions and five pick sixes. I mean, it's a defense. It's a defense that's predicated on taking the ball away. But if you run the ball on them, you put a defense like that on its heels where they're reacting to you more often instead of being able to attack you, then it's a lot harder to get takeaways when, you know, when you're on your heels and reacting as opposed to when you're attacking. And the teams that have beaten the Cowboys have run the ball. Um, they've, uh, they've really produced with the running game and, uh, and it's opened up the other things to where then they can push their point totals, you know, up there into the twenties or even 30 points against these guys. And, uh, uh, so if you can run the running, the ball helps you protect the football from this defense. Uh, real quick, one kind of, what do you think about, um, so I heard, I think it was Mina Kine said this today, that the Cowboys are actually the worst are one of the worst teams in the NFL on defending the outside run. Do you expect to see a lot of like reverses or a lot of pitches trying to get Aaron Jones out there? I got to imagine that's something the Packers know. So. I, I mean, they're, they're, de- they're definitely going to try. I mean, I, I could, I can see very early in the game. I think the Packers are going to try to probe with Aaron Jones, with maybe some of the jet sweep stuff, you know, Jones with inside zone, outside zone. I mean, you got to, you got to probe where you can get some yards on the ground because uh, because the formula to beat these guys is to uh, is to make them defend the run for four quarters and you know setting up the play action you know helping to protect the quarterback as I said helping to protect the football by running the ball you've got to find ways to run the ball and uh, um, I, th- I think they're going to try every avenue that they can to get uh, to get a ground game going and and you know make that Cowboys defense play honestly. <clears throat> Reggie mentioned Bull Melton and Jaden Reed getting some action in the backfield. Just another reason to have Christian Watson healthy. If you can do the little pop pass to Christian Watson and be able to take advantage of his speed, that's just such a huge advantage for the Packers. And Darian asked a question uh, kind of similar to something that's been one of my favorite things to talk about is how well the Packers spread the ball around and how well Jordan Love spreads the ball around. I kept track of it for the entire season. There was not a single game where Jordan Love targeted fewer than seven players in the passing game. So Darian asked the question, which one of Green Bay's receivers Deron Bland will zero in on? I don't think it matters. Yeah. Curious your thoughts on, on who you think he might try to shadow, if anybody. Yeah. I don't know if, I don't know if they would, uh, I don't know if they would try to shadow anybody. I mean, if, if I'm, if I'm Dan Quinn, um, you know, and with Christian Watson's, you know, status being iffy, the guy that I'm the most worried about if I'm Dan Quinn is Jaden Reed. Um, but if Deron Bland is your best corner, you know, Jaden Reed's going to be in the slot quite a bit. And Bland is definitely more of an outside corner as opposed to an inside corner, at least most of the time. So that's not necessarily a, a matchup that um, that I that, you know, the, the Cowboys would be all that interested in. Um, I think, uh, you know, this to, to me, this game has Aaron Jones and Jaden Reed written all over it. Um, yeah. And, and I think, uh, I think those are the two guys. I think those are the two guys that can make the Packers offense go. The one, the one intriguing thing aside from Watson, as we talked about was what uh, uh, Jake mentioned earlier with Luke Musgrave, you know, he only played 10 or 11 snaps or whatever it was, you know, in, in his first game back. Is that what it was? Nine. Nine. Um, you know, it was good that, you know, he got the catch late in the game, you yep. know, took a hit, got up, you know, everything was fine. Um, you know, Musgrave is, uh, you know, Musgrave is a guy that, you know, you start working him back in. Um, and, uh, you know, he's, I guess, 
you you look at you look at how Tucker Craft has produced um, as the tight as the number one tight end while Musgrave was out. It was it was actually a lot of passes toward the boundary outside the numbers. Musgrave is the guy who can who can work the middle of the field a little bit more and uh, you know maybe be a target on third down. You know a guy that can move the chains that kind of thing. And so if Musgrave say say if his if his workload could uh, you know could double where he gets up to you know, 20 snaps or two dozen snaps or something like that in this game, you know, that's another intriguing piece. I think that, uh, you know, I'll, I'll be curious to see how the Packers use him. I would love to see some Jaden Reed and Aaron Jones in the backfield together, kind of <laughs> seeing, uh, you know, and then they split them out. I mean, that, I feel like that would create some, you know, that might be a next year type of thing, but <laughs> I don't know if Matt I mean, we has saw, We saw yeah. Aaron Jones lined up as a wide receiver last week. Yeah. And, and yeah. Jordan Love is just standing there just waiting for the ball to be snapped to him because he knew that immediately where he was going with it. Yeah. So, Mike, what are you looking for? Like, I'm, I'm curious to know what your thoughts are as far as how guys are feeling in the locker room. I saw a quote that Matt Schneidman posted about Aaron Jones today when he asked him about if they feel like they're playing with house money. And Aaron Jones picked up the tablecloth and pushed it towards him and said, "All in." Yeah, I'm just curious to know, like, what what your guys is, what your perception is among guys in the locker room about how they're feeling about playing in the playoffs. I mean, I mean, I mean, first of all, they're they're definitely excited to be in the playoffs. I mean, you know, the the celebration in the locker room after the win over the Bears. I mean, was uh, you know that was that was uh, um, you know genuine. I mean, those guys were fired up that they won that game and that the season was going to continue. You know, they're going to get and and quite frankly, like, you know, they they didn't nobody was talking about who the opponent was. They didn't care where they were going. You know, it doesn't doesn't matter who they're playing. I mean, these guys, these guys are these guys are confident in the way they're playing right now. I mean, they know, yeah, they're nine and eight. You know, that that's their full body of work. But they I think they feel like they're as good as anybody right now when you look at just the, the second half of the season. Um, which is which is you know the what this team got to after all of the trials and tribulations and and the rough spots and everything from the first two months of the season. So these guys are these guys are confident. I mean that being said, they know that you know the Cowboys are a darn good team and they know that they haven't played a team this good probably since the Sunday night game against Kansas City at Lambeau Field. You know playing a team of this caliber. So, you know, the last, last five games of the regular season, whatever it was, they haven't played a team anywhere near this good. They're perfectly aware of that. But by the same token, I think they're very confident that if they play their game and they play well, they will be, they will be right there and they will, they will give themselves, they will give themselves a chance to win the game in the last five minutes. I think that's what they're after. So not, so not like entirely an underdog type thing, but it's like a confidence in their play. Yeah, I think I, I think they're I think they're plenty confident in their play. And if any, you know, other people want to consider them the underdogs and whatever, it's so, it's sort of like, you know, they're not they're not necessarily, you know, saying, hey, you know, like we're not an underdog. I mean, I think they realize that that's just kind of the that's just kind of the reality of things. Mm-hmm. But, you know, they're just like it's sort of like, OK, you know, if that's what people want to think, you know, whatever, that's fine. We don't we don't think that about ourselves you know, we're confident in the way we're playing. And, and if we continue to play that way, then, uh, you know, they, there isn't anybody out there that they can't beat right now. All right, Mike, before we cut you loose, we got to get the head in the heart score prediction as always. Okay. Oh boy. <laughs> it's stressful. Um, I know. <laughs> yeah. Playoff I mean, edition. 
I mean, I'll I'll be honest. If if, if uh, going with going with the head, I just uh, um, it's just hard for me to have. It's hard for me to have enough faith in the Packers defense to keep the score manageable. So I I my my head says the Cowboys will win this game somewhere something like thirty to twenty four. Um, you know, right around there. My heart says if the Packers, based on that score, 30 to 24, if the Packers can get, you know, can finish one more drive and if the defense can force one more field goal in the red zone, then I could see, I then, you know, my heart says the Packers can win this game 31-27. I like it. I like it. I like it. All right, Mike. Well, if if it's in the stars, if it's in the cards, and the huh. Packers win, we'd love to have you back next Friday. All right. Uh, like you said last week we'd love to have you back for for some off season discussions. But either way, go Packers, and you're going down for the game, right? Yeah, yeah. We we uh, the team charters uh, fly out tomorrow. We they actually pushed us back an hour, I think, just because uh, obviously because of the weather, and I think. Uh, Delta needs to make sure they have enough time to get the planes to Green Bay that we will be boarding to uh, to go. So uh, so we're leaving an hour later on Saturday afternoon than usual. But the fact that, you know, it's just Dallas, it's like a two hour flight. It's not like, you know, four hours to Arizona or something like that. Mm-hmm. So um, but yeah, the uh, the team charters leave tomorrow afternoon and uh, and we'll uh, we'll see what happens uh, on Sunday afternoon. All right, Mike. Well, travel safe to the to the flights and on the flights, and hopefully we'll be talking soon uh, about a playoff victory. Yeah. All right. So, Sounds good. Stay stay in touch, guys. Good to see you. Take care. Have a Thanks good time. Having on again. Take care, man. All right. You bet. See you. Two weeks in a row with Mike Spock. Yeah. Nice. What a man, dude. Yeah. He's, he's the man. He's, I was gonna say he's the man. The man. All right. So we're gonna jump straight in. To our recap here, we're going to start with the the Packers and the Bears recap. We're just going to go straight to Bryant for the wide receiver development. Yeah, um, I'm starting to believe this has to be probably the deepest wide receiver room in the NFL at this point. One of them probably. Yeah, sure, there's people like the Rams have Puka Nakua and and Cooper Cup. But behind them, you know, it's kind of, okay, who is it going to be? But the Packers legit have six guys they feel comfortable turning to at this point. Uh, Just a huge – Complete game. Reed went for 112. Melton for 62, plus another 14 yards rushing. Wicks had 61 yards and just two, like that one monster touchdown where he's just dragging everyone in the end, uh, end zone. Um, Heath, I mean, Heath had a quiet night, only three receptions for nine yards, but one of those went for a first down. So he can find, continues to find ways to contribute. He's good in the run game as well. And it's good to see that Dobbs should be okay. So you know, he went down pretty hard. That would have been a sick catch. Um, but glad that he's okay. So just, yeah, overall, another great game by the wide receivers. I feel pretty similarly about the tight ends, actually. <clears throat> and when you talked to a Spofford, uh, Musgrave only played nine snaps, but he still found a way to make an impactful play. That was really what I liked about Luke Musgrave. Uh, Benny Sims played 12 snaps, ran no, ran four routes, didn't have any targets, uh, graded out as an okay blocker. And then Tucker Craft, what a great game. Uh, uh, the only yeah. thing with Tucker Craft is just, Get out of bounds before halftime. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's one of those things where I think Jake was the one that said it, that it'll be a teachable moment, or maybe it was Bryant, said that that'll be a teachable moment for Tucker Craft, that four yards isn't worth 16 seconds at the end of half. Yeah. 
that whole sequence was just garbage. We can talk right. about it. Um, other than that, he was a great blocker. He was sure-handed, three catches or three targets, three receptions, 31 yards. Um, really just good work by the rookie tight ends. So that um, last catch by Kraft was interesting too because mm-hmm. maybe, maybe I'm – I, the way I saw it, it seemed like he made the decision to that when he saw Jordan Love scrambling off to his right, that he made the decision that, hey, nobody's in the middle of the field. Let me cut in. And that allowed the Packers to more or less put a dagger in the game. Didn't Love point to the middle of the field? Maybe. I I, I don't know. I didn't see that. But either way, it was a great way, both. Like, yeah. I mean, Kraft right. running away from the defender and Love able to deliver that football. I mean, both of those things are not normal things, right? The, and it, tight, tight ends really don't yeah. have that kind of quickness at that size to be able to run away from DBs like that. And Jordan Love just throwing off platform just continues to impress everybody. So, I mean, it was just that, an amazing play by both guys. If that's the chemistry that they have, then that's even <laughs> even better because that's yeah, like want, something you don't see from first-year starter, first-year rookie tight end. Bro. I'm literally just gonna I'm just gonna pull it up and watch it right now. So okay. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna put it on here so we can talk about it. Dude, this tight end room, this wider. Also, I, I, going back to real quick while he's pulling that up. Um, I don't want to say I'm. It's a good thing that Musgrave got hurt, but that injury has a pretty much allowed Tucker Craft to develop like rapport with Jordan Love as well. So now, like, we can see what both of them can do, and now we just got to figure out ways to like get them to play together because before i mean Kraft was coming along but not nearly as much as he did while musgrave was out so now we're gonna see two tylers and two jakes yeah <laughs> i like that oh my god that throw is filthy dude yeah <laughs> the throw is crazy i want to see like it's gotta be like right here so i don't know it doesn't i don't see him point at all no i think you're right yeah yeah, so like, does he have the wherewithal to just know? Okay, just there's nobody there's in the middle of the field. Yeah, and just take off. <laughs> yeah. And love led him perfectly too. Yeah, yeah. And that's smart by him to get down. Screaming, go down, go down, go down. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep. Go down, holding on to the ball. Yep. Okay. Um, passing game distribution continues to be, like I said, with Spofford, one of my favorite things. Eight different players targeted, seven different players with receptions. Um, <laughs> Jaden Reed, four catches on four targets. Malik Heath, five catches on seven targets. Dontavian Wicks, six catches on seven targets with two touchdowns. Uh, Aaron Jones was five for five. Tucker Kraft was three for three. The Packers did have what we talked about is probably one dropped touchdown and one good defensive play took a touchdown away. The Packers, here's the thing. Four for seven on contested catches. That's great. Anytime you're over 50% on contested catches, that is great. And then looking at uh, depth, Jordan Love was 5 for 5 behind the line of scrimmage, 14 for 16 from 0 to 9, 7 of 9 from 10 to 19. That's 78% completion from 10 to 19 yards. And then he was 1 for 2 on 20 plus. The, <laughs> the absolute wild part of this is we came into the season, we were excited about Musgrave and Kraft about having guys that can work the middle of the field. You know, it seemed to be Aaron Rodgers' thing was that he liked to throw to the sideline. And he had the back shoulder thing, and he had Devontae Adams, which was obviously, you know, made throwing to the sideline beneficial. Jordan Love using the middle of the field. Jordan Love used the middle of the field so well against the Bears. 
to the tune of 17 for 19 completions. I don't know. 89.5%. I don't know if Aaron would throw into the middle of the field that many times in a four game span. Jordan Love was literally better than Justin Fields in the middle of the field than Justin Fields was the entire game. I'm telling I gotta say something now. You 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 open the can of worms. When it got to second and long and they hand the ball off, I literally looked to the man to my left, the guy who sits next to Spofford's wife, and I was like, Fields is done. He's so toast, dude. <laughs> they, they do not trust him to throw the ball on second and longs. It's over. This game is over. There was no point in that game where I felt like I was stressed. Even 14 to 9 in the, in the fourth quarter, the Packers were running whatever the hell they wanted to against this defense. I didn't see a defense that was trending up the last couple of weeks for the yep. Bears. The Packers were spanking their ass, dude. Uh, Simon, how did the offensive line look? Uh, I, outside of, you know, the sack by Rashid Walker, I thought this was, you know, the best performance of the season. I don't think Montez Sweat played. I didn't see him all game. Did he break? He He had the tackle on Aaron Jones on the very last drive. Yeah, I was. Yeah, I I got it. I I was making a joke, but like, no, we know. They they only allowed three pressures. Yeah, that's 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 why. Yeah, uh, Rashid Walker ended up giving up that sack, but other than that, I like he was so clean all night, and that's kind of what helped him uh, like be so accurate. I mean, he had what five. Incompletions and two of them yeah, were on like, tested catches, <laughs> touchdowns. Like, that could have been 29 for 32 for yep. like 40 yards and four touchdowns. Yeah, uh, he, he, he had more touchdowns than incompletions. Yes, Here's the best part yep. for me is 338 and four. The number one rush defense in the NFL, and they were opening up. Oh, yeah, that was gaps. Yeah, that was the I other thing. I could my car say. through some of those. Yeah, <laughs> and, the, and the crazy part is, Jake, we broke it down. Everybody was in on it. Mm-hmm. Like Tucker Craft was making blocks. Mm-hmm. Malik Heath, Dontavian Wicks, and Jaden Reed were making blocks. Bo Melton was making blocks. Oh, it was that, everybody in on it. That that block where Tucker Craft like was smart enough to run past yep, whoever like the fuck it was and then go to the, the oh man. What a what a smart play by him, too. That's crazy. Oh, they're they're still rotating right. I, I don't think they've made that decision yet. Uh I don't know what they're doing, but they've rotated the, uh, that right guard position uh, basically 50-50 like the last yeah. few weeks. Yeah. So they're working out. Tom went out for, I think, 12 snaps too, and Nyman yep. uh, played 12 snaps. Yep. So he he I mean, he mean, held up yeah, just I think an awesome performance by them. I don't know that we'll see John Runyon back next year. I don't think so. I, think I don't either. And, and, because and for the money it'll cost them, Ryan's performing – at the same level, minimum, so. if not better. Um, I think we talked about this last week when I mentioned that Tucker Craft was breaking the third round curse, and you guys said maybe Sean Ryan is breaking it before that. So if if that's the case, and then Gutekunst has two third round picks this year, fuck. Going with gas, oh, uh, yeah. Bryant. I'm coming up. Yeah, Bryant. How did you feel about the running game? I mean, it's hard not to feel good about that, right? Um, <laughs> Third game in a row that Jones has gone off, averaged five yards per carry against the top, NFL's top rush rate defense. Um, yep. So the 22 for 111, 
now the only thing that this dude's missing is getting in the end zone. And mm-hmm. I mean, he's going to be, if we're going to beat Dallas, it has to be through Aaron Jones. And I, I'll talk about it a little more later. And when I talk about keys and all that kind of stuff, but mm-hmm. um, in the offense, but it, he just played so well again, he just crazy bursts of energy. I don't even think anyone else other than um, Wicks, had the army, excuse me, Bull Milton had the, the rushes. I think one of those was probably like a backward pass or something they call the rush, but no one else had other than him and love ran the ball. Um, so Patrick Taylor didn't run the ball. Wilson didn't run the ball. So uh, they're, they're leaning on Aaron Jones. And if we have a chance to make a run in the uh, playoffs, it's going to be through Aaron Jones with it. obviously that Aaron, Jordan love is playing at a very extremely high level, but that goes a lot with Aaron Jones being so successful in the run game. They let Kenyon Drake go today, too. Yeah, yeah. They released him from the practice squad, so they're not even keeping an insurance policy, even with Aaron uh, A.J. Dillon listed as doubtful. So I think that really just kind of like the reading between the lines is that the Packers plan to just workhorse Aaron Jones for whatever he's got left for this season. Jones was so good. He had, in the last three weeks, he's had 18 forced missed tackles. And this game, he had... He had over four yards after contact per attempt. Like he's just damn. He I looks mean, like three years ago, Aaron Jones. We can talk about this crazy. Three games against the Dallas Cowboys. We're gonna need like a, a that a fourth game like that. Just like some like last three games, he has three hundred and seventy something yards against him, and four or six touchdowns, something crazy yeah. like that. Yeah. It's so, six. He had four in one game. Yeah. Yep. So it's six, I think. It is. I'm just gonna see if I can pull something up about Aaron Jones versus the Cowboys. He's yeah, he's yeah. been so three good games against the Cowboys. Games. He has 62 carries, 370 yards, six yep. yards carry, six rushing touchdowns, and then 10 catches on 11 targets for 102 yards. So yeah, just you know, just he's a cool yeah, 72 touches for 472 yards. <laughs> he, he's okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jake. How did the red zone offense do? The red zone offense was tremendous. I mean, really, outside of you know two drops, but I mean the the ball placement was amazing. I still am in awe on that ball placement on that that throw to Dobbs. I mean Ooh. that was that was insane. I mean the throw to Melton. I mean not bad either. But when you're when you're throwing a jump ball to a guy to throw it in the one spot where your guy can get it, I mean that is. You have one area to throw the ball, and he did that on the run, basically. That was insane. Across his um, body from the opposite hash mark. Right. See, it's, it's insane. That's like, that's like not a throw anyone else can make. It's like the crazy – or right. they shouldn't yeah. try to make it. Yeah. And we've seen, <laughs> we don't want to compare, but the previous quarterback mm-hmm. made pre- – remember, like, the play against the Chicago Bears? I mean, he was getting hit, but that didn't count or whatever. That's like that weird, like, cross body back across <sighs> the corner of the end zone or whatever type throw. like. Yeah. That's that's special. Mm-hmm. I mean, when, when you when you look at quarterbacks and you really think about quarterbacks that can make that throw, you think of like the Herbert, the Josh Allen's, mm-hmm. the Mahomes, like guys that have the feet and the arm talent. And you you could throw Jordan Love in there, honest to God. Like it's I, it's I on tape. You can see it. It's there. I don't feel bad saying that at all. <laughs> it's on tape. I mean, we can you somebody can fact check you, and you can go and say here he is doing it. You can't deny that he's doing it with physical video evidence right but, and it's not an accident either this is like stuff we've seen the last 
eight weeks of the season where he's just yeah. placing balls exactly where they need to go. Mm-hmm. He is. <laughs> People will have some tape on him next year, so we'll see how he goes. But I just, I, I, I'm. Someone told me earlier this week. Oh, I don't think he's good just from one year. Like, how can you not think that? Like, just looking People at. People thought Justin Fields was gonna be the fucking MVP based on eight games from last year. Yep. So like, I don't know. I don't want to like, hear that shit. Uh, other people that aren't bought into him yet, I'm just like, what else do you need to see? No, no, that that's that's the new mantra from the the people. Like all those people that are still still around in the Packers groups or whatever that still aren't buying into Jordan Love. Now it's oh, it's only one year. Yeah. That's it. And I'm like, that's you can literally uh, see him. It's it's not like numbers can be whatever, but like the play is there. And it's not like he's got elite weapons either. Like no, there are a bunch of nobodies. Remember? He's, yeah, he's got literally, literally every pass catcher <laughs> he has is going to the playoffs for the first time. Remember, yeah. Aaron, Aaron couldn't succeed with no uh, young wide receivers. Wow, you know when you don't confuse them with all these crazy hand signals and doing all this other crap, and they don't, you know, chastise them because they make one mistake. Seems like some good things can happen. How? Like I and and you've made a couple of videos, super successful videos on this already this year, Tyler. I don't recall last year players running up and lifting up other players' head that made a mistake. I didn't see that last year. That's nope. like something new. That's I don't know if it was a floor love. Are they just all like care more about each other or something's going on? But the fact like picking up each other's heads and stuff is a real thing, and you see it several times throughout the game. I think I can't remember a player had like uh, dropped a ball. Was inconsequential this game too. They run up and pick him up, like, "Hey, pick up his head and let, like let's get off the field or whatever." Like, yeah. it happens often and free like through the game. I, I think it is a thing. I think it's really a thing where the guys are um, playing for each other more. Um, you look at it in the locker room. You listen to like Matt Lafleur talking about. Um, I don't remember which reporter it was asked him about it, but not having a go-to number one wide receiver. And he said it like all of those guys in that room, they want to see each other succeed. All of them. You know, it's not just Devontae Adams and then a bunch of guys. It's a bunch of guys. And all of them can be the guy any given game. Some of them can be the guy in the same game as other games. Jaden Reed went over 100 yards in this game. Dontavian Wicks had two touchdowns. Yeah. It's there's there's enough to go around. Where if Jordan Love is throwing the ball 32 times and completing it 27 times, there's enough for everybody. <laughs> yep. Everybody gonna eat, baby. And it's and it's possible that for everybody to eat. We get them all to stay for like five to six million years, and in three years we'll see. But <laughs> and and that's the thing is like everybody could have had even more if Romeo Dobbs is able to uh, secure a catch to his body and not have it knocked out, and if Bo Melton retains a catch, that's three different players with touchdowns, and the guy who was the only one over 100 yards didn't have a touchdown, but he had over 100 yards. Yeah. That's why I, I really don't care who Deron Bland shadows, because the Packers can spread the ball around, that it doesn't matter. Yeah. I mean, Stephon Gilmore is pretty good, too, so we're going to have challenges, but... We got tight ends, too. If we have to... Dude, if we force Michael Parsons to play coverage, the Cowboys defense is honestly kind of fucked. Yeah, but well, we'll get there. Jake, is there anything I, else you wanted I, to say? I don't disagree with that. Oh, uh, one <laughs> more thing. Anything else you wanted to say on the red zone offense? Uh, ah. I don't. I don't want to like get too much into it. I mean, Love was just picking them apart everywhere. I thought the the play calling was tremendous. 
I thought that LaFleur, you know, mixed the play calls up very good. And I thought Love's decision-making was absolutely phenomenal, uh, picking where to go. Dontavian Wicks is just got to be – I mean, if Puka Nakua wasn't in the universe, I would be <laughs> screaming to the high heavens that Dontavian Wicks was the steal of the draft. But because Puka Nakua exists, I can't say that. Yeah. But he's in the, the second-best steal of the draft. Yeah, his route running is – I was just gonna say that that route that route run ran on his first touchdown was disgusting. And did you see the did you see the side by side with Devonte Adams? Yeah, I did. Yeah, he watched. He had to have either it's just natural or he's watched tape on Devonte Adams. And he sent Eddie Jackson into the fucking universe. Like that was disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I should pull up that fall. You remember yeah, that fall dude. guys video? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I saw. Yeah. Oh shit. Wix is gonna be so good Sunday. next year too. <laughs> Ethan said, "Let's go, Bo Melton." Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Reggie Diggs is still there. He tore his ACL in yep. like week five, week seven, yep. something like that. Um, which is unfortunate. Obviously, we don't we don't wish injuries on anybody, but yeah, he's he's there, but he's hurt. Um, on to the third down offense. The Packers were seven for ten, seventy percent. Yeah. First half they were four for five, or sorry, yeah, yeah, four for five, eighty percent in the first half. Jordan Love was four for four, thirty four yards and a touchdown. The average distance pretty short, and then the second half um, three for five again. And just really short yardage situations. Jordan Love is two for three with 42 yards and a touchdown. One of those could have been the other touchdown um, to uh, Bo Melton, I believe, was the other one in the second half. Um, six for seven, 76 yards, two touchdowns for Jordan Love on third down. Packers third down offense was very successful. So moving on to special teams. Bryant, how did special teams look? Not fantastic. Um <laughs> All pro kick returner had one return for 21 yards. Um, I ca- I'm not trying to harp on Nixon, but at him being all pro is like, it's just because he's the only one that returns the ball. Like if we actually went back probably. and did all the math, I bet it like the field position gained by him returning it is probably even at best. Because uh, I, I mean, there's I can think of maybe two or three decent returns to the 40, 50 yard line, but when you turn around, look how many times he's been tackled at the 20, 21. It's probably about even, but c- congrats on him. I mean, you earned a quarter million dollars getting named to it. So there, there's value in him taking that ball out of that end zone and being the only one in the NFL racking up return yards or whatever. Um, so good on him, but he had the one return. That was a sh- kick short one. So it took us to like the 28 or something. Uh, yeah, Carlson missed a kick. Um, not great that we can't, like I've said this last nine weeks in a row, like you can't leave points on the board this week against Dallas. Like, I sent you guys that video of Mason Crosby game-winning field goal. Like, I'm not going to feel that good <laughs> if we have Carlson. I mean, great if we, he has an attempt to win it at that point, maybe the game's tied. But if it, if he's kicking a 52-yarder to win the game and we're down, I'm, my confidence level is going to be pretty low. Um, also, this I hope I hope this is a coaching decision that they're kicking it short of the end zone because that cannot happen against Dallas because Tupin or whatever his name is, he will house Turpin. 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 Yeah, yep. like he is a very extremely dangerous returner. I think they're doing it on purpose because it our coverage has been like so it. good. But I don't even want them to play with that against Dallas. Like, don't do it. Um, so there was that, and then you know, uh, so we allowed you know by kicking short of the end zone, we allowed them to have four returns for 113 yards, and they got past in the four returns they got past the 33 times. Um, 
was the only person to have a perfect game was Daniel Leon because he didn't kick the ball yeah, at all. <laughs> Save big on brunch for mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16 ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% lean ground sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca Cola, Pepsi, or 7 Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. <laughs> Nicely done. Nicely yeah, done. So, so I, I don't know. I got to figure it out again. Carlson needs to the through the end zone. That's the only thing he should be doing a kicking off against Dallas. Let me say this on the kicking playing at Lambeau in January versus playing in a dome. I know, but he's missed in a dome, too. He missed against Minnesota, so we just can't afford him to miss. Minnesota, I think, is one of those places they were doing it on purpose. No, oh, I'm talking about missing field goals, but yeah. I oh, missing field goals. Yeah, I was talking about the kickoffs, kickoffs. So hopefully, the, like, if, he, if he's still kicking short and that's not the game plan, then, yeah, we have already have a concern about field goals, but in, in this day and age in the NFL, you need someone that can put it out back at the end zone if they have a dangerous returner, especially in a dome. Well, that's one of the reasons they drafted Carlson was for a stronger leg. So if that's the game plan, he should be able to execute that. Yeah. Agreed. All righty. Uh, Simon, how did the secondary look? I mean, it's kind of hard to say because Fields only <laughs> threw the ball 18 times. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but, uh, I mean, overall, I, I feel like it was pretty solid. Uh, Jair looked good, in my opinion. Uh, they put that 33-yarder to Moore on him. Uh, PFF did anyways, but it, to me, like it seemed like Quay Walker was just a little bit out of position, so he didn't cover kind of that drag route enough. Um, other than that, the like Spofford said, um, that just that 27 yard play action to Cole Komet was really the only other eyesore. Uh, yeah, that's Justin, a wide receiver. Justin Fields is getting him killed. He's lucky yeah. that Cole Komet was able to take that contact. Well, yeah, he got smacked too. To huh? a certain degree, Salovich kind of like held up. Like you need to drive. Well, you get flagged for looking at people wrong, right? Yeah. So you well, show. I wish he would have just laid him out, but it looked like well, Komet's a big dude too. So maybe Savage is like maybe I just pop him a little bit here, but Savage could have murdered that dude right there if he wouldn't have held up. I feel like Rudy Cole, Ford would have. Anthony Johnson Cole Jr. Cole definitely would have let him. Run. And you see exactly. Darnell Savage after the play, I think he kind of like shakes his head like, "Damn, I should have, I should have, or maybe yeah. if I hit him harder, he drops it or something." But I think. I think if Savage is shaking his head in that position, I think it's because he thinks he should have been there a second sooner to like maybe take that play away. Carrington Downtown had a decent game too. Three for five, 32, and he forced an incompletion. They were nice. cooking him a little bit early on. Mm-hmm. They, yeah. were, they were attacking him. Yeah, but... they had a high completion percentage and everything, but I mean, we'll get into this, but the Packers' pass rush was just so good that I it was not. Oh, sorry. You, sorry. Sorry for cutting you off. They, there was an adjustment in-game that I was watching from Jonathan Owens. And Valentine was playing pretty far off for the receivers. And he kept looking back at Owens, and Owens was just kind of giving him, like, get up there. Get up there. Get up close to the wide receiver. And, you know, then he then they, they didn't start throwing his way because it wasn't just a little pitch and catch, you know, a little five-yard out. So that, that was an adjustment by Jonathan Owens right there. So great leadership by him. Uh, Lion of the Cherubim on YouTube just said, just found your channel subbed. Appreciate it. Deal. Thank you. Thank you. All righty. Uh, anything else you have on the secondary, or are we going to go to Jake with the rush? Go ahead. All right, Jake, go ahead. Oh, good right. interception by Valentine. Good concentration. Got to say that. Yeah, yeah, true. Yeah. 
Simon tried to steal my thunder before with the rush defense, but I did. I, appreciate, I, I did. appreciate the assist, my man. <laughs> um, 25 rush attempts for 75 yards for three yard average against a team that loves to run the ball, right? Uh, Herbert 12 for 28. <laughs> Justin Fields 8 for 27. <laughs> Rashawn Johnson 5 for 20. That's actually not that bad. Um, he had one eight yarder, so I was four for 12 outside of that. All right. Uh, you go you go the last three weeks, man, and it's just been impressive. Uh, 25 for 96 and two touchdowns, 16 for 67, and 25 for 75. Over the last three weeks, that averages out to 66 carries, 238 yards, and two touchdowns. That's a 3.6-yard average, right? That would be the third best in the NFL. The Packers. Oh, defensively. Yes. I was, I was thinking from an offensive standpoint, I'm like, that's yeah. horrible. How would that be third best? <laughs> The Packers, the Packers on the season are allowing 4.4 with 23rd. So for them to play more aggressively, get up in people's faces, I mean, this is impressive. This really is one of the biggest turnarounds for this team that not a lot of people are talking about because obviously we have these nice, all nice shiny toys on offense that are making catches and breaking records. And it's fun to see Jordan Love slinging the ball all around, but people really aren't focusing enough on how good this run defense has been over the last month. I wonder if, you know, our increased blitz rate has helped a little bit with that, too. Hey, I don't know, but. That's a good point. Quay Walker has been near the line of scrimmage a lot more up on the line. So that's that's a great point to bring up. They sent Keyshawn against Minnesota. And it's just – it doesn't have to be – you know, you don't have to turn up the blitzing 10%. Yep. It's just if you change some of the ways you go about blitzing. Jake, how many stunt blitzes did we talk about when we did the oh, breakdowns? God. So many. At least three or four. For the last, like, three games, I don't recall really seeing Quaywalk or especially Nixon or whoever blitzing. Now we've definitely seen it, and it seems like Joe's doing it in pretty good scenarios for the most part. I was I, don't, don't change anything on the defense. I was going to say this, man. Um, I was talking to Tyler about this. There was a tweet uh, that came out, and it was a quote from Preston Smith, and he was talking about how Joe's been dialing it up, and uh, he's, been, he's been cooking, and he said we're playing for Joey B. And – your one job as, as a coach, as a you know a main coordinator, offensive, defensive, is to play to your player's strengths, right? And it seems like Joe Barry's definitely been doing that the last couple of weeks. So just continuing to do that, and we'll, we'll see what happens. But I'm Look, just saying only, this version of Joe Barry's been pretty damn good. The only way that dude's staying is if we go win the Super Bowl and we give up like 17 points a game. And then Shit, if, if we win the Super Bowl, I don't care. We can keep everybody. Yeah. <laughs> That's, That's a good trade-off. Bring back Dean Lowry. Lowry. <laughs> yeah, bring him back. I didn't hate Dean Lowry. I hated Tyler Lancaster. Um, I, <laughs> I agree. I hated them both. Um, if, if the Packers are able to beat Dallas – you know, and, and the defense is a large part of it. And if the, I'll say if the Packers get to the NFC Championship game and the defense is a big part of it, you have to at least ask the question. Yeah. I but agree. even up until right now, I don't think Joe Barry has done enough in the last two or three weeks to save his job yet. So, so it, it has to happen on the biggest stage. If the Packers are able to perform defensively in the playoffs, you have to at least ask the question. There's some decent, there's some coaching people out there, hires, or that got a, I don't think Mike Rabel would ever come be a defense coordinator, but no. Matt would be fun. Neither will Bill Belichick. People need to stop asking, who does Bill Belichick want to be a DC? But no. Is he staying with uh, New England in some sort of capacity? No, no that's not the coach. Oh, I thought he was taking like some sort of a 
role no, said in that some aspects. It sounds like right now he wants to continue coaching. Yeah. No, that was staying in Seattle in some aspect. I, I saw that. I, yeah, I thought that New England well, sort of had today to Today that come out too that Pete Carroll would be open to coaching somewhere else too if the opportunity came. Um, the one rumor that I heard is that Atlanta is interested in Belichick. Oh, yeah, I saw that. I was, talking, I was talking to one of our buddies that watches the show, Cody, and I said, Fields should go to Atlanta with Belichick, and he said to bring in Josh McDaniels, and I'm like, that actually sounds smart. Yeah, I think Belichick would be interested in one job in the NFL, and that would be the Chargers because he has a quarterback. I don't think he wants to deal with what he dealt with. Nope. I, I think if he's going anywhere, it's L.A. I agree with that. It would be interesting to see Belichick in L.A. Their media would not like him because he's so like, just – he wouldn't give a shit, but I'm saying the media would be like, how do we, how do we get something out of this guy? Yeah. <laughs> All right, Simon, how about tackling in the D line? Uh, tackling solid game, seven missed tackles. I don't, I can't think of anything terrible about it. Uh, D line. I, I thought this could have been their best game as well. On the mm. on the other side, definitely, um, it helps slow down the run game to what Jake was talking about. Um, I I don't know if Herbert played either. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, they stayed. Uh, one of the things we talked about last week was staying disciplined with their pass rush, and I, I thought this, like, especially up the middle, I, I can't uh, I can't think of one time where Fields had an opportunity to run up the middle. Like he stepped up in the pocket and he was immediately hit. Like the, the guys just did their job. Yeah, Quay, uh, there was one, I, I think it was Kenny Clark. Uh, uh, I'd have to go back and look uh, where Jordan Love stepped up and, you know, Kenny Clark was right in there just sitting in his lap. Um, yeah, three yards per carry, Khalil Herbert, 28 yards on the ground on 12 carries. Like you can't ask for a better, uh, you know, defensive line performance, I think. Kobe Wooden had a couple stops. TJ Slayton had a stop. Devontae Wyatt had four pressures and a sack. Carl Brooks had his best game of the year, I think. Like he yep. he played. He he was he, he made plays, man. Like uh he had three pressures and a sack. That sack was nasty. He beat that left Dude. guard so clean. Oh man. Oh uh, man. He just like threw him aside and he was it Jordan or the Justin Fields didn't even have time to think. Um, and then when I talked about that play. I'm like, that's that's an all pro pass. Yeah, that, it was so good. And then he had that he had that read on the on the uh, running back screen where he he managed mm-hmm. to get enough foot. Uh, yeah, best game by Carl Brooks. And then Kenny Clark had five pressures in a sack. Like these guys performed. Did you see Reggie that? Stat up Simon, that um, Devontae White has like the fourth. You see the fourth, fifth, or sixth best. <laughs> Interior um, pass rush win rate in the yep. NFL this year. So he's love like, love to he's see it. Really good. How many pressures did Gary have? Gary? I feel like, yeah, oh, sorry. I only, I only specifically looked at the D line. Give me two okay. seconds to look it up. Um, Gary, Gary only had one pressure. Yeah. And one. Dude, he's been, I mean, I know that the Lions making plays. He's been struggling a little bit. So I hope, I hope like that. Well, I don't want to jump too far ahead of, you know, what I'm going to talk about, but there's a, there's a, you know, matchup out there that I think he can exploit this week. Yeah. Um, 
anybody watching that's curious, we did, Jake and I broke down a bunch of these plays so that we're referencing, like the the screens, um, Carl Brooks' sack, Lucas Van Ness's sack. We broke down a bunch of these plays. You can scroll through uh, YouTube or Facebook. We broke down a whole bunch of them. There's videos for all of those. Um, uh, that, I'm on TikTok, too. <laughs> yeah, a couple of them are on TikTok. Not all of them, but yeah. I, I will say um, Gary was good in uh, run defense, though. He had, a, he had a, ended up having a couple stops that I, I can think of off the top of my head. Uh-oh. And maybe they wanted him to contain more of this game too. That's entirely possible too. And they had, uh, and he had the pass batted down as well. Yeah. Oh, yeah. that was a big pass bat down too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Jake, pass rush. I mean, you got more to add on to what Simon just said. Just pile it on. I mean, the five sacks, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna dog walk somebody just like the Packers were dog walking him. But nobody had a worse day on the Bears than Tevin Jenkins, dude. That that's, guy that's was what I was getting abused. <laughs> oh my yeah, goodness and you know breaking down the plays as Tyler was referencing and we're talking about the sack that Kenny Clark got and they ran a stunt and Carl Brooks was the guy running the stunt and the thing that I said in the video I'm just going to repeat it right now he beat the left guard he beat Tevin Jenkins so fast and got to the center so fast that Tevin Jenkins was seeing his last name and I gotta <laughs> tell you when you're blocking a guy and you start seeing the the last name on a guy you're trying to block, that's a really bad position to be in, dude. <laughs> and he, he ended up taking out three people, as Tyler referenced in the video. And he almost got the sack before Kenny Clark, who was not touched by anybody. That was ridiculous. <laughs> Carl Brooks was a man on a mission and absolutely the perfect celebration for him. You know, just the – come on. Come on, you know, like give me give me my flowers, you know. But man, Lucas Van Ness is coming coming around. He's looking yep. very good. Mm-hmm. I will say that the pass rush, in my opinion, the way that I would phrase it is called con- it, I would say controlled chaos. You know, they they were kind of rushing too far upfield a, a lot, right? Yep. And you know, I've been referencing it, but that Giants game has really stung a lot of people the wrong way after the three game winning streak. So for them to not rush up the field, have gap responsibility, that's just a beautiful thing. In my Shout mind. out Kingsley and Agbare. Oh, yeah. Dude. That guy. You want to talk about most improved guy in the run game? Damn. From week yeah, one to now, now Kingsley and Agbare looks completely different. Yeah. yeah. I'd say I from mean, like week 10 to now, he looks completely different. I mean, we, we broke down another play where Colby, Colby Wooden absolutely stands up the right guard in the hole. And Enigbari does a great job, job just chasing the ball carrier down and making the tackles. I mean, that's just that's just two guys doing their job again. And but, to your credit, you pointed out the one where Enigbari read Justin Fields handing the ball off instead of going with Justin Fields, assuming he's going to keep it. Yeah, I mean, just these guys at, have just gotten so much better. Um, five sacks, though. I mean, Lucas Van Ness, um, he had a sack. Walker had a sack. Wyatt, Brooks, and Clark, they all had sacks. Hurries, we had 18. We didn't have any quarterback hits, but Clark had had four hurries, Wyatt with three, Preston Smith with three, Walker, Brooks, and Campbell each had two, and Enigbari and Gary had one apiece. So, I mean, all over the place. And, again, we're, we're talking about the offense all the time, right? And, and rightfully so. I'm not trying to take anything away from them. But the front seven on this defense, we're starting to get a lot of guys over there too. I mean, Wyatt Walker, those are two great first-round picks. I mean, Wyatt was graded when you go uh, per snap and pass rush grade. He was graded up there with guys like Aaron Donald and Quinnen Williams. 
I mean, you're starting to talk about guys that are perennial all pros, right? And then obviously you have the Kenny Clarks of the world, Carl Brooks and, and, and Colby Wooden are coming along. I mean, th- this team, I'm telling you, in, in two years, this team, if I was a Lions fan, I'd seriously be so pissed, man. Seriously, man. Like <laughs> you were you were our time. <laughs> I'm just gonna call it what it is. You were ass for years, right? You never won the North. You're hanging division banners. Your quarterback is Jared Goff. They actually did. <laughs> they actually did. And I was messaging Lions fans, like, isn't that embarrassing? Just to kind of feel it out, right? Because I didn't want to like embarrass anybody on their own Facebook page, but like they're all defending it, which is like more sad to me than them actually hanging. Oh in. man! Like you're you're that sad of a football fan that you have to defend hanging a division banner, and one guy was like, "Oh, stop sounding like McCarthy. He's the one that said that dumbass shit." I'm like, "Bro, what?" I he was listen, right. <laughs> I, I would not want us to hang a division banner. No, I expect to beat the hell out of all of you every single year. When I sign up to watch football in September, I'm thinking, okay, there's six wins. I'm gonna be realistic when we lose, you know. Maybe we, maybe you, maybe you beat us that day, like you did the first game. But I'm still not hanging division banners. We don't play for that around here. Nope. But if I was a Lions man, you finally win, and now the youngest team in the NFL sneaks into the playoffs. We have a quarterback for the next 15 years. We have all these offensive tools. We have all these guys on defense. All these first round picks. Man, that's just <laughs> that's a bigger slap in the face than sucking for 40 years. all right Bryant how did the red zone defense do uh perfect I mean they played really well and I mean even yeah their own two uh Chicago went 0 for 2 but it's really in the positions that they made the stops right so the Bears had a chance to take like that 10-7 lead shortly before half they had a first and 10 from the uh 17 first down great play by Angbari negative you know loss for negative two second down uh you know short completion third down was a sack by Clark Again, in the fourth quarter or early fourth quarter, uh, they had a chance to tie the game. They would have had to make the two-point conversion, but they had a chance that it was a one-score game. They had another first attempt from the 17. They had three plays, went for zero yards, and they had to kick another field goal. I mean, just outstanding. So that's how that played out. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Jake, how the defense do on third down? Awesome, man. Uh, held them to three of 11 on third down. Oh. Uh, third and three or shorter. They were 0 for 1. Three for 11. Third. Third and four through six, uh, they went two for five. Uh, we got two sacks in those situations on third downs. Third and seven through nine, they went one for two. We got a sack. So we had three of our five sacks on third downs. That's clutch. And then third and ten and plus, they went over three. They went one of one on fourth down. Uh, that was the one we obviously talked about with Spofford. Uh, but then when this – is, this is the thing. You guys are going to like this. Over the last three weeks, I broke everything down over the last three weeks. It feels like the team kind of, you know – took the roll on of okay well now everybody's talking shit again so we're gonna we're gonna make the playoffs last three weeks uh 12 they've allowed 12 of 34 on third downs that's 35 percent that'd be tied for the fifth best in the nfl right now they allow 41 percent on the season that's 25th in the nfl so it's not great but when you break it down for at home and on the road at home they allow 45 percent. that's 27th but when you go on the road they only allow 36 percent of third downs so that bodes well for us in the playoffs, right? We're better hmm. better on third downs on the road. So interesting, interesting. stat, to say the least. So on the coaching aspect, as far as Matt LaFleur is concerned, um, really just the botched before halftime. He talked about the, the execution of it. He put it on himself to, to have that executed better. Um, 
and we talked about not expecting, but in the future, maybe hoping that guys can grow to know to just let that ball go out of out of bounds, uh, just kind of like you know drop it so that the pass ends up incomplete as opposed to being tackled backwards because he said that's what they coach their guys to do is tackle guys backwards. Um, <clears throat> but the two things with Matt Lafleur: one, Christian Watson, he did admit that Christian Watson, you know, that quote unquote he was trending towards playing. He admitted that that was gamesmanship that they were really just kind of trying to make the Bears think about it. Um, the fact that he actually is practiced does make me hope that if there's any chance that he can play, that he should play because it's a winner-go-home game. Um, and then <clears throat> it is unfortunate that after the 59-yard play to Jaden Reed that the Packers were only able to get a field goal on that drive. But mm-hmm. Matt LaFleur did say that they were running up to uh, the line of scrimmage because it looked like it was possible that Jaden Reed stepped out of bounds. So they kind of gave that down away. Like they still gained, I think, like three or four yards on a quick toss to, to Aaron Jones. But um, they were trying to get up and get a play called, maybe not necessarily the play they wanted. So that drive could have gone a little bit differently. Um, but I just wanted to put that out there just because they, they were hurrying to the line in case Reed did step out of bounds. They didn't want to give the Bears a chance to challenge it. Now, <clears throat> on to – let's talk about Joe Barry. And again, I'm going to give the disclaimer, the preface, that I'm not saying that it's anything that should save his job. I'm not saying we need to keep Joe Barry because of how he's performed the last two games or the games that he's called. But I do think that the overall problem isn't that he's a bad defensive coordinator. It's that he's an inconsistent defensive coordinator. We talked about this with Spofford last week. I'm like, some of the blitzes that he's called in the last two weeks are great. Like, not just he's called good blitzes and his guys have made plays. You can tell it's the scheme that's making some of these plays for them. So that held the Bears offense that was trending well to nine points and 192 total yards. You'll love to see it. Their best player, DJ Moore, by far their best player, five targets. They they helped... uh... They helped uh, Jordan double up fields like I called for. <laughs> yes. Well done. Very true. I didn't think about that. <laughs> but, I mean, Justin Fields dropped back 24 times and was pressured 23 times. That's uh, – I'd love to see that too. Yeah, I'd love to see it. He <laughs> <laughs> had 16 pass attempts, five sacks, and three scrambles. Jesus Christ. And just – constantly under pressure. And if you are a Chicago Bears fan, that is your incentive to move on because it literally shows clearly that he cannot perform under literal pressure. I cannot believe how many of them are like, no, he, he, he's our guy. He needs to stay. I'm yeah. like, you have the number one pick. Take the best player. He's about yeah. to he's about to want 20, I, minimum $25 million a year. Uh, here's another reason they should get rid of him is after firing – Getsy, do you really want another offensive coordinator to come in and him have to hold, learn another whole new system? Is that really yeah, something like that you want? The first one. I want the, <laughs> that's what, well. <laughs> I want it to happen. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. I mean, not you guys, but like Bears fans. Yeah, Is that something say. they they they'd want? I I don't think so. I think I think they're going to end up trading Fields. Uh, some and some of my pair fans 
you're not going to get like a first or a second for fields. It's just not. Cody said he went right before the show that they wanted Bijan three first and three second from the Falcons <laughs> for the, for their first overall pick. For their number one. Oh yeah. <laughs> so so you're. I mean, I, that, that's for, for... that's too much. But I'm talking about trading for fields. They think they're going to get like a first or a second for him. I'm like I I I can't I see that it. anywhere. Maybe maybe a second by a desperate team. I could see a second. I could see a second. I don't. I'm not gonna lie. He's still I, young enough. He's I, still I, young enough. You you're trading for him. You know you're gonna have to pay him. But you, yeah, you're gonna have to pay him. Is the issue? So I I don't see a late second or an early third being the highest. No, people will wait for them to draft Caleb Williams, and they're and so as as long as they don't make the trade before the draft, his his price will go. Oh, what, wow. what do you think about them keeping Fields and drafting Caleb Williams and sitting him? Who is he going to learn from? What's he going to learn from Fields? How not to I'm play? Not, I'm not saying learn from Fields, but like giving him, <laughs> giving him time to sit and learn the game where you don't just throw him in there like they did Field, and then he ends up playing the Cleveland Browns and gets okay, destroyed. Here's the thing, though, is I here's the thing: the the places where sit and learn has worked has been from places that foster good quarterback play. And the two main ones being Green Bay and Kansas City. And not that Alex Smith is some, you know, world-beating quarterback, but but he's pretty good. And he, like you said, he knew what he was doing. And he also had Andy Reid. I don't don't think Chicago has a system that's ready to to have a a sit-and-learn quarterback room you know, conversation to happen yet. That that locker room, first of all, it is not a, a place where you sit and let a quarterback. You don't take a quarterback number one overall, let him sit. That's just not how this works in the NFL. And <laughs> you you can't you can't just you just can't take a quarterback first overall. The only way I could see something like that working and, and not with Fields though is would be like if they're okay, we're gonna take Caleb, Caleb Williams no matter what. We're going to sign a vet, and Caleb is going to sit and learn this year. I don't. I, it's not a great I idea, mean, either, but like, I don't know a vet they would sign either, unless like bring Gardner in Joe Flacco, Gardner Minshew, <laughs> or something like that becomes available. Joe Flacco, there yeah. you go, um, something like that. But I just I can't see them drafting Caleb Williams and keeping Fields. It'd be very confusing. Gardner Minshew is actually way that, that would yeah, be a I, bad option. He's a guy that's bounced around. He's a professional. He's played a lot of football actually. So. That's not a bad option, but again, we, we had an example this year where a team, you know, the, the Panthers, they took they took a quarterback number one overall. They put him in a really bad position, but you can't take a quarterback number one overall and let him sit. That's just that's against that's like an unwritten rule. You just don't do that. I could see if the Bears wanted to do like if they wanted to pick Marvin Harrison Jr. and then pick one of the other quarterbacks at ten, whether yeah. it's Daniels or Pickett and or. Yeah. Uh, not pick it, Penix, or if Jaden Daniels falls that far, I don't think he's going to, but and maybe then, but I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I just really, Chicago just doesn't have good quarterbacks. It's just, it's just who they are. It's, they need offensive line help so bad. They do draft like Caleb Williams somehow destroy him, like not, and then he like I want him to succeed afterwards. But I just love the fact that they cannot find a quarterback. I I feel exactly about Justin Love. Justin Love, Jesus. Jeez. Justin Fields. Like, I seriously, I hope he goes somewhere else, and I'll be balls out. Yeah. That'd be great. I'll be going nuts. I asked the Bears fan at the game. I was like, 
I'm, I'm not trying to troll you. I was like, I just want to know, like, how does it feel to know that, like, you can never get a quarterback and we're on our third straight? And he looked me dead in the eyes and he was so serious that I, like, felt his pain, right? And he was like, it's like living in torture every Sunday. Do you want to be tortured every week? I was like, no, that's why I'm a Packers fan. He was like, and that's a smart life choice. And I was like, that's fair. That's fair. But I like, like that one ex Bears player, player, whatever, doing an yes. interview on mm-hmm. Chicago yes. CBS Sports or whatever. And he's yep. like, I want what they have. Yep. Dude, all the reaction videos were amazing this week. All yes, the reaction videos. Dude, I was dying. I was all, this is our Super Bowl. I don't even care. This is our Super Bowl. Yeah, we can't do it. We can't do it. I love watching Big Ken on, on Barstool Sports cry. He's like, it's not fair. It's not fair. Oh, yeah. Time is flat. It's not fair. The Packers have another quarterback. <laughs> that guy's funny as fuck. Dude. He's so great. <laughs> All right. Oh, yeah. So, way off topic. Packers, time of possession, they won 31 24, 28 36. Overall, that's pretty even. And then just looking <laughs> where it becomes a little less even is the fact that the Bears ran more plays than the Packers. Which, yeah. again, and I talked about this a little bit last week, is it gives me confidence that the Packers can move the ball quickly. Yeah. Obviously, having 59-yard passing plays helps, but just the amount sure. of guys that can make plays is is encouraging. <clears throat> so, Bryant, you weren't here last week, so I'll go to you first this week. What, what have you seen from Jordan Love that you're taking from the Bears game and then looking into the Cowboys game? Just his confidence, man. Like some of these plays that he's making, and Jake brought the one up earlier. I think it was Jake, or maybe you, Tyler. But him seeing the pressure about to come, quickly change that that route to Aaron Jones. He knew he was going to get blitzed and I get the ball out quickly. I think it was third and seven. Boom, first down. Like it's insane how much confidence he's playing with. He, it's like he's seeing. Mm-hmm. It's like the game is slowed down like tremendously, and he's seeing exactly everything that the defense wants to do, and he's just constantly getting them in the right. Um, state, right play, right position. Uh, for a long time, like, one of the things I loved about watching Aaron Rodgers play was anytime he threw the ball, I didn't, like, you can't see the coverage down the field, but you just felt like you had, like, a sense of calm that it wasn't going to be put into danger. It's starting to turn to that, like, with Jordan Love. Like, anytime he throws the ball, I feel like something good's probably going to happen for the most part. Um, I mean, there's some stuff he needs to learn, like um, – the whole last sequence towards yeah, that half. Situational that, awareness. You can, you can say that's on Tucker a little bit. You can say that's on Love. And you can definitely say that's on Matt LaFleur. Um, but overall, like, like, how else can we say that he's playing amazing? Like, that game could have been even more disgusting. Like, it could have been the 29 for 32 with four touchdowns. He could have had more touchdowns than interceptions. Um, so I just can't wait to see how he performs against Dallas in a – another high stress situation he's we've had it seems like a lot of games on primetime and for the majority i think we've lost maybe one of them um like he's played extremely well for the most part so i'm i'm just excited to uh see how he plays against playoffs and i've been saying um the whole time like hey we've all talked about that this year was supposed to be hey let's just make sure jordan love is the guy and then we can kind of maybe take the route that we took with Aaron. No, I think we're a year ahead of like what we talked about. And that was a big thing I was pushing for us to get to the playoffs because I just want them to get that experience. I, I, I don't think we're winning the Super Bowl. Um, I'd be thrilled with one playoff win. But even just that experience and if we compete, we're ahead. We're a year ahead of what we were with Aaron, in my opinion, with a super young team. 
So yep. a, lot, a lot to be excited about. The fact that as far as playoff experience goes, all of the, the pass catchers are getting their first experience in playoffs because all of the second-year guys didn't make the playoffs last year. So Watson, Dobbs, those guys, they're getting their first taste of the playoffs. I mean, Bo Melton was kind of on the practice squad but didn't really you know play a whole lot. But these guys are all getting their first playoff experience. Samari Toure, who's on injured reserve, unfortunately. But, I mean, he's part of that room. And then all of the rookies. And I'm glad you brought up the um, the the pre-snap. The amount of audibles and, and changing where alignments are, it, it feels like it increases every week. And I haven't seen, I think, only one play that I can really think of. And it was Jaden Reed who didn't get one of the calls. I haven't seen one of them not work out exactly the way that Jordan Love thinks it's going to before the ball is even snapped. Yep, on that fumble play, yep. Yeah, on the fumble play. Because Jaden Reed would have been wide open, too. I, I should have clipped that one. Sorry that I didn't have that one ready. But it looked like where Jaden Reed was kind of going, he went to go block. But if Jaden Reed had run, you know, straight parallel across with Jordan Love, that he would have been wide open. And then you bench, you keep mentioning the, the if they didn't have the two drop touchdowns. So I added what the two touchdowns would have been, so 15 yards and seven yards. Jordan Love would have been 338, four touchdowns, 29 for 32, 90.6% completions if those two balls are caught. You're talking about Damian Lillard free throw percentage. (laughs) Holy hell. 91%? The Bears defense were coming in like, oh, yeah, we've been playing really good defense. We have all these takeaways. And you would have let Jordan Love complete 91% of his passes for four touchdowns. They have no stars over there, huh? Jaquan. Dude, Justin Fields is better. Man, I don't know how you can deny Jordan Love at this point. Yeah. And then my last thing is Jordan Love versus the Blitz. Last Ooh. week, Jordan Love was blitzed 76% of the time. That did not work. No. This week against the Bears, he was blitzed 14.7 times. That did not work. Jordan Love is showing that he can be good against the Blitz and when they're not blitzing. This week, Jordan Love against the Blitz, he was 5 for 5. Against no Blitz, 22 for 27. He's fantastic. It was fantastic. There's, there's no other way to cut it. Jordan Love was absolutely fantastic this week. Simon? Thoughts on Jordan Love? I have nothing to add. Like, I, just, I don't know what to say. Like, a winner go home game, and he just does it again. Like, it, the score was just not indicative of how well this offense played. They like, put up 400 and some yards and just had a few miscues. Um, Jake? He's top 10. That's all I got for you. <laughs> I'll say this on Jordan Love before we get into this preview right now. Um, I don't. I get that there's good quarterbacks in the in the NFC. Jordan Love should, at the very least, be a Pro Bowl alternate. <laughs> yeah, I, I, that just goes to show me how much I I don't care about the Pro Bowl. The reason I don't watch it, I yeah, just. I don't. mean, nobody's gonna watch it. I'll be traveling that day, but not a big deal. Okay. So, 
when it comes down to um, the the matchup with the Cowboys, we have matchups, X factors, keys, and then obviously we have the score predictions as always. But I mean, it really just comes down to <laughs> just all right. Let's just let's just jump into this. I don't want to give too much away before we get into it. So, Bryant, what is the matchup that you are watching? So my matchup is Preston Smith and Gary versus Terrence Steele. So uh, he has like a 50.8 PFF grade and is given allowed six, uh, excuse me, eight sacks on the year. Um, so I've, that was the matchup I said that I feel like they can exploit because to get them off this game, I think, um, you know, they're going to have to pressure um, Dak and they're going to have to uh, pressure Dak and then slow down CD Lamb, um, really, to be honest. Uh, Simon, what's the matchup you're watching? I have the offensive line uh, versus Micah Parsons. I mean, he just he can rush from everywhere, and even though he he's kind of like this weird pass rusher inside linebacker, I mean, he's just a he can really wreck a team's game plan by himself. He's that good. candidate. Yeah, he's he's one of the best players in the NFL, bar none, and. That's just, it's going to be a huge task for them to try and figure out, slow him down. And I'll throw this out there because I have the same one. <clears throat> I have the O line versus Parsons, and it's all of the O linemen. Yep. Uh, the Packers have been rotating seven offensive linemen. They used nine and less. He really only played because Tom was out for those handful of plays. But including the guys rotating, they all played well versus a, a well trending Bears defense last week. Jake, what's your matchup? I have Packers defense versus CD in the slot, man. I really think that's the key to the game. Um, I asked that question to Mike Spofford, and uh, there was a reason for it. CD Lamb has over 700 yards and eight of his 12 touchdowns from the slot. So you want to talk about a guy that cooks the middle of the field, and the Packers' weak point really is the middle of the field. Carrington Valentine has been actually pretty solid on the outsides. Uh, I don't have a problem with how we're defending on the outside. I don't have a problem with how we're defending the run. Uh, the pass rush is going to have to win, so Dak has to get rid of the ball a little bit earlier. But Campbell and Quay Walker are going to have to do their homework and be ready to see a lot of football thrown in the middle of the field. And don't sleep on Jake Ferguson. Tyler and I know this very well. Guy's very sure-handed. He's very underrated. Yep. I'm just going to go first on X-Factors because you just mentioned C.D. Lamb. C.D. Lamb is my X-Factor mm. because he, to me, is the biggest – if, uh, if Green Bay can keep this player from exploding, player, that Green Bay can get a win. I don't see a realm where C.D. Lamb is held in check and the Cowboys win. C.D. Lamb has to, to be their game plan. And it's credit to C.D. Lamb. He's been probably the second best wide receiver in the NFL this year, only to Tyree Kill. Uh, he's broken basically all of the Cowboys receiving record. And it's really not a secret that they plan to play through him. He's their He's their best player. Yep. I mean, it's him on offense and Michael Parsons on defense. Yep. It's not a secret on either side uh, of the ball. Zach Martin's pretty good. I'm just going to throw that out there. Zach Martin is very good at, at guard. He he is. He's probably the best right guard. That's the only argument I have. Just saying. Yeah. You play five offensive linemen and only three wide receivers. Just saying. I, I get it. I get it. <clears throat> okay. Brian, who is your X factor? It's got to be Aaron Jones. It has to be Aaron Jones for me. Um, so for Aaron Jones, 
I think the way the Packers win this game is by keeping the offense on the field and keeping Dallas's offense on the sidelines. Dallas is the fastest starting team at home in the NFL, averaging like 22 points a game at home in the first half. So we want the ball Packers, and we're going to score. Yes, exactly. The Packers need to run the ball. We need to turn it into kind of like the Bears did to us in the first half or kind of like we did to the Kansas City Chiefs. Kansas City, yeah. we, if, they can't, if they don't have three possessions in the first half, they can't score 22 points in the first half, right? So to me, I'm just like, we have got to get this running game going and we have to got to stick to it. The the way to win this game is by controlling the ball and keep not letting that explosive defense or excuse me, offense go all over us. Simon, who's your X factor? I have uh, uh, say almost the same thing. I just take a whole position group versus CD lamb and it's partially going to be game plan um, dependent too. Cause we got to see almost like the Packers did versus Justin Jefferson. You, take care of him and double him and Bracket. shade safeties over. I mean, yep. he he's also, he's like you said, he's their guy. They're going to run that offense through them and that aerial attacks. No joke. You mentioned Jake Ferguson. He's part of that. He's been one of the best young tight ends in the NFL this year. And mm-hmm. Brandon cooks has really come on the yeah, second half yeah, of the season. Look. He looks like he looks good. Like old Brandon cooks. Good. Yeah. Yeah. They, they're really going to have to figure out how they're going to, kind of juggle these guys jake who's your x factor so i just want to say before i say this it's been really nice to not hear fans complain about not giving aaron jones the ball right yeah so i also have aaron jones he's the first running back in green uh, for the green bay packers since 2006 to have 100 plus rush yards in three straight games first one since amon green um he, he does have 370 total yards and six rushing touchdowns in his three previous matches versus the Cowboys. His six touchdowns versus Dallas are the most since 2017. So he owns Dallas. He owns AT&T Stadium. Hopefully we're seeing Aaron Jones do a little bit more of this on Sunday afternoon. And uh, we fly back to Green Bay with one of these. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> All right. <clears throat> Bryant, what is your key to the game? Same thing what I said with Aaron Jones, just sustain long drives and keep our offense on the field and our defense off of it. Um, Because that, that is such an explosive offense that if we give them too many opportunities, they will score 30 plus on us. Yeah. Uh, Simon, what's your key to the game? My key to the game is slow down the Dallas pass catchers. All right. Mine. I have a, I have a stat backing on mine. So mine is three, not seven. So Dallas is pretty reliant on big plays. So the Packers bend, don't break style of defense does actually match up well with Dallas. We talked about it during the season. Like, hey, if the Packers get into the playoffs, I kind of want to play Dallas because the Packers match up well. The Dallas Cowboys are 14th in the NFL in red zone touchdown percentage. So for an offense as they are, they're middle of the pack in the red zone touchdown percentage. So if the Packers can play their their normal style of bend, don't break, I don't care if Dallas racks up 400 yards of offense. If they end up with you know 15 points or 18 points on just kicking a shit ton of field goals because they can't get into the end zone, I'm fine with that. Yep. I like what we did this against Chicago, 432 yards but only 14 or 17 points. Yeah. Exactly. I'm fine with giving up yards if it means that they're getting field goals and not touchdowns. Obviously, I would prefer to get stops and you know force them to punt every drive. But right. when we're talking about an offense as good as Dallas, 
holding them to field goals instead of touchdowns is my key to the game. I have a little diminished shot. I feel like we have to win. We probably have to win the turnover battle too. That's fair. Uh, Jake, what is your key to the game? So I did write down manage the first half, but as I was doing more research, it's it's really about two of the quarters, right? So when you go into the first half, uh, the Cowboys are first in first half scoring at 17.4. The Packers are 21st at 9.9. Obviously, we know all the struggles they had early in the season, right? Yep. You go to the second half, the Cowboys average 12.5. That's still seventh, so they're good in both halves. The Packers are 12.6. They're six. They're, they're a decimal point higher than the Cowboys in the second half. So when you go by quarter, this is where I'm saying I kind of changed it up a little bit. But in the first quarter, the Cowboys averaged 7.6. That's first. The Packers averaged 4.6. That's 13. You go to the second quarter, the Cowboys averaged 9.8. That's second. The Packers averaged 5.4. That's 25th. You go to the third quarter, the Cowboys averaged 4.1. That's 22nd. The Packers averaged 6.8. That's first. So really what I'm thinking is if we can end the second half strong and continue our start, our, our strong start to the, the second half, I mean, that, that could be an area where the Packers can really, really take advantage of this football game. But when you finish it out in the fourth quarter, the Cowboys have been really good. 8.5 points per game in the fourth quarter. That is second. The Packers are 5.8. So when you break it down by scoring like this, you know, and – Tyler, we talk about this with the Bucks all the time. You know, they they end halves good and they start the second halves good, right? And that really kind of catapults them and why they win so many damn basketball games all the time, right? I mean, they played pretty good in the first two quarters last night. I'll just say that, <laughs> um, where they had to shut us off. Uh, they should they should have made Boston fans deal with that pain like we've had to deal with that pain. Oh, is that what they did? They changed it. They changed, dude. I'm not trying to go crazy. They changed the game. We were beating that ass so bad. They changed the game to a game that was a 20-point deficit. That is how bad we were beating the Celtics. Golly. That is that is an ass whooping. I have more on Wednesday. Don't you worry about it. Oh, that. yeah. Oh, it'll be fun. Wednesday's going to be fun. But, man, I just got to say, we, we managed the, the, the second and third quarters properly. You never know. All right, Jake, what's the weather going to be like? <laughs> a lot fucking better than here. Tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get into some scores. Bryant, give me your score from the head. Uh, I have the the Packers not being able to keep up. I have the Cowboys winning thirty four to twenty six. Simon, from the head, I have uh, thirty one to twenty eight. Or I'm sorry, thirty one to twenty four. Twenty four. From the head, I have the Cowboys winning thirty to twenty. Simon, do you have the, the Cowboys winning that one? Yeah, sorry. Okay, sorry. Okay. Dallas. Tyler also has Dallas. Jake also has Dallas. 31-24. It really hurts to say that, but. This this is the head. This is the more analytical side, and this is why we do two score predictions, because we do one where we're trying to be you know optimistic and realistic at the same time. And really the thing is, is that we wanted the Packers to be in the position they're in and yeah. just be competitive. We're, we're playing, like we said, I talked to, to Spofford about the match Nightman quote about playing with house money. Just just be competitive. Go out and compete. See what happens. Simon and I were talking about before the show, going into it with, with not the expectation of we need to win in advance and then having the expectation to be, you know, at least in the NFC championship game, that, that pressure is way less by not having that expectation. Mm-hmm. That said, I have a feeling that all of our heart predictions are going to be the other way around. So, Bryant, what is your heart prediction? I have the Packers winning 31 to 30. 
maybe on a lap. Hey, maybe. me too. No, you did it. No, you did it. Carlson field goal to maybe win it. No, you did it. I have 31-30 also. No. <laughs> Jake, do you also have 31-30? Yes, dude. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Simon, I'm mad at you for fucking this yeah, up. Yeah, I, I fucked it up, guys. <laughs> I have uh, 28-24 Packers. Actually, I like that score, too. If we hold them to 24, we're winning. I think so, too. I think the Packers just have to limit. It, it's been even versus Minnesota, there was like points left on the board. You know what I'm saying? Like if the Packers limit their own, you know, self wounds, yeah. self-inflicted wounds, I, I think they have a very good shot to win this game. Yeah. But also along with Tyler and I speaking before the game, like this is exactly where I think all four of us had um, the peak of where the Packers could be this year, like yeah. a wild card team, uh, just getting into it. I think we had him at, I had him at 10 wins max. Um, but still that wild card, I'll, I'll take a wild card game for a bunch of young rookies and second year guys. Uh, I think 23 or 24 of the players from the last two drafts are on this team. Like that, that's a lot of young guys and for them to get any sort of playoff experience is invaluable for these guys. All four of us, we, we kind of agreed, and most of our record predictions reflected that we could see them anywhere from 7 to 10 to 10 and 7, yep. and they finished 9 and 8, and we all believed that they were in that range that they would have a shot to make the playoffs, and here they are. And it's not to say, you know, like, oh, we know better, but it's really just a testament to what they are capable of and, and growth throughout the season. At 2 yep. and 5, people wanted to see Sean Clifford, and now we're playing a playoff game. No, people want to see Sean Clifford three weeks ago too. So. I mean, we got to see him against Minnesota. He completed yeah. one for one, so maybe maybe we've been wrong this whole season. Yeah, better completion percentage than Jordan Love. I mean, you're not wrong, and we spent so much time, you know, listening to people complain about his completion percentage. So maybe they were right. We would have went seventeen and zero with Sean Clifford. Just saying. Oh, you're right. We probably would have. I mean, I can tell you, we'd probably be two and zero on the bookends of a season with Sean Clifford. Yeah. True, true. That that is guaranteed. <laughs> All right. That said, let's do some playoff. Simon says some bold predictions for the playoff game. Bryant, what's yours on offense? And this is my bold prediction is I think we need to do this to win, right? The Packers go rush for 200 yards and three touchdowns. Damn. 200 yards? Not Aaron Jones. The Packers. Yeah, the Packers. The Packers. Yeah, I got it. I, I, it's possible. I, I, yeah, I don't think that's impossible. I think the three like touchdowns like might be hard, maybe but sixty-nine rushing yards from Jordan Love to make that. Yeah. Happen. Well, also I was thinking about end arounds and Jaden Reed and that's maybe that's Christian that's Watson, that's a, that's Bo, that's a couple Bolt, Bo Melton touches. I, I don't okay. think two hundred yards without, uh, without, outside the realm of possibility. Uh, I think the three touchdowns might be a little difficult, but especially with Jordan Love balling in the passing game. Yeah. Okay, the last two weeks in a row I've gotten one right, so hopefully that's the one I get right now. This mm. Yeah, I'll well, <laughs> mine for offense is Jordan Love is 65%, 300 yards, and three touchdowns. Oh, I'll take that. I think that's very possible. All the people that are sitting here saying Dallas's defense is pretty good and Jordan Love hasn't played any defenses and blah, 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 and he just, I you don't imagine know. Jordan Love goes for 300 yards and three touchdowns in a fucking playoff game? <laughs> it's gonna end up being like the Arizona game. I'm gonna run around shirtless if it happens. I will run outside shirtless if he does that on Sunday. And I will film it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. 
I'll put it up. I'll do it. If it happens, I'll do it. Jake, you got a Simon Says for offense? The nips are going to be hard. I mean, it'd be like that sometimes, but it'll be worth it. If that happens, it'll be worth it. Packers put up 40. Yes or no? 40? 40 points. Could be. They'd have to be like perfect. Yeah. Like flawless perfect. I mean, remember what happened here in Rogers' first playoff game? Put up like 46, but still loss. 45. Yeah, I don't know what I'm talking about. A fucking face mask. Yeah. All right. (laughs) I'm this on a happy note. Yeah. Simon, do you have one for offense that you want to throw out there to us? No. Okay. Bryant, defense. Preston Smith and Rashawn Gary combined for four sacks. Hell yeah. This is a Preston Smith three or uh Rashawn Gary three sack game. Okay. When you put it that way, I can see it. Or two and a half, one and a half? Yeah. Combined for one? I'm in. Half sacks. Lance Armstrong style. <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> Tyler, the wheels are turning. I saw a look in your eyes. I was like, oh, God, he's going to say something. <laughs> All right, mine for defense. <clears throat> it's a little – it's not necessarily a bold prediction that bodes well for the Packers necessarily. It does in a roundabout way. So mine for defense is that CeeDee Lamb goes for 100-plus yards and one or more touchdowns, but nobody else on Dallas has 60 yards plus or a touchdown. So the Packers kind of let CD eat, but nobody else is a factor. I, like I could see that. Yeah, I, I could it. see that. I like it. All right, Jake, give yours on defense. The Packers are the team with the pick six. Hell yeah. It's been a while since we've seen a, a defensive who, who touchdown. Gets who gets it? Darnell Savage? Yeah, like some obscure player. I'm going to say... I'm gonna say Quay Walker. All right, all right. I would love well, to see really cool. it too, especially like if he came up, you know, like week what, 12, 13, when he really started playing a lot, and just for him to come from the practice squad and then make a big playoff game moment, that'd be amazing. That'd be sick. Yeah, yeah. filthy. And we jump into the Salvation Army pot. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, get right on that. All right, all right. Thanks everybody for watching. Hopefully, we get a packer. Oh, you got something else you want to say? I got one more thing. So imagine there's been reports that Dallas may move on from Mike McCarthy. Now imagine this. Imagine this with me. The Packers fire Mike McCarthy. He gets hired by Dallas. He loses to the Packers in the playoffs and gets fired because he lost in the playoffs to the Packers. So the Packers get Mike McCarthy fired twice? We get him fired twice, baby. Can you imagine that? Oh, that'd be funny. He brought us the Super Bowl. I get nothing but respect for him. Yeah, I like Mike McCarthy. I, like I don't Mike. hate him either, but the scenario is funny. It is funny. I don't hate Mike McCarthy. I'm just saying that would be hilarious. Yeah. It'd be funnier for me to see like Dak have a horrible game and then, you know, like the Cowboys have to be like, oh, should we start Trey Lance next year and trade Dak? <laughs> That'd be awesome. I don't think it's going to happen, but I'm just saying it'd be funny. It would be. All right. Thanks, everybody, for sticking around, watching, commenting along. Thanks again to Mike Spotford for hopping on with us. Hopefully next Friday we're coming back to discuss a playoff win and a second-round playoff game. Other than that, I will. If Jordan Love goes for 300-plus and three touchdowns, I will run our outside shirtless. I have no shame about that. I will do it if it happens because I will be super excited because I think that means Packers are going to win. So it'll be worth it. 
No, I'm not going that far. I'll do Charlotte. Talk that March. That far, March. <laughs> All <laughs> right. Like that one guy in. Never mind. Never mind. No. <laughs> All right. We'll see you guys next week. Have a good have a good weekend. Go pack go. Go pack go. Save big on brunch for mom. All in the Kroger app. Get 16 ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% lean ground sirloin for 4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.